It's your boy Yellow the Poet, and I am here today with Mr. Brad Richard, definitely a cool person, author, speaker, mentor, and podcast host. How you doing today, Mr. Mr. Richard? I am doing well, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers uh, listening to us uh, or listening to the podcast. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed, man. I have been reading some of your work, and I am truly inspired by the work that you've done. Can you please enlighten us on some of the work, some of your more recent work, as well as your book, Man at Fifty? That is an awesome title. I love it. <laughs> uh, recently, I co-authored two additional books. Um, one, one is a. Uh, it basically uh, a book for men. It's called uh, the Men Mental Mechanics Guide uh, to Men's Mental Health, and uh, it's kind of a play on words there. Um, but it is a uh, part of a series called Guts, Grit, and Grind. And uh, I was in volume two, I believe. Um, there was you know several books in the series, but I was a co-author in one of those books. And then I also co-authored um, a book with Blue Talks, which is similar to TED Talks, mm -hmm. but Blue Talks did a whole series of uh, a Blue Talks book, books, and Blue Talks basically stands for business, life, and the universe. Awesome. So all the stories in there were about business, uh, life issues, and you know life situations, and then universe, you know, pertaining to spirituality. So uh, those. Those are the two books I co-authored, and then um, I also do mentoring, and I, I mentor mostly uh, veterans. I'm a U.S. Army veteran of seven years. I was a military awesome. police officer Thank in the U.S. Army. In our country. No, so you're you're welcome, and uh, and thank thanks for saying so. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know my my focus now is working with veterans um, in all kinds of different you know, uh, in a different capacity. Um, I, I take them through a nine-step process that I developed. Um, the title of a workshop that I teach them is uh, Who Were You, Your Little Me? And I, I, I kind of take them back to their childhood and uh, help them to get reintroduced to their little person inside. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, I believe that 90% uh, of our stuff that we're dealing with um, is connected to our, our little person, our, our little selves. And, uh, and it's a process that I take them through and, uh, some are easier than others and some fight me the whole way. But when they get back there, they, they, you know, they discover some pretty amazing things about themselves. Awesome. That is awesome. This no, is no, my some other things. Um, what can you tell us? What are some of the proven, proven techniques that will help change a person's life? Well, one of the uh, one of the techniques or one of the steps uh, that we that I work uh, with my clients on is self parenting. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we we grow up and we become adults, and there's so many things that we that we uh, find um, challenging, mm -hmm. and we find uh, relationships challenging and jobs challenging, and uh, a key element to that is learning self-parenting uh, skills to 
parent, our little person, our our little me's, okay, mm-hmm. and to parent them and to guide them in the direction that that we want them to go in, okay, and mm-hmm. to help us on our journey as adults. And um, a lot of us do struggle and and fight uh, subconsciously with our little person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do, we do some things that don't seem to work out for us or, or uh, we're in a job or a career that we really can't stand uh, mm-hmm. or a relationship that's not working out. And those are all signs that our little person is screaming out, hey, pay attention. You're on the wrong track. This is not what we dreamed of mm-hmm. when, you know, when, when you were younger or when you were my age, you know. Um, and so uh, the self-parenting technique is parenting that small child, you know, in, in each of us mm-hmm. and taking, a, uh, taking the adult role in directing the hopes and dreams of what we had as a child and getting those back on track and getting back in line with what we really wanted when we were younger. That's awesome. That is awesome. So when you're working with the the little person, you know, what are some of the things that inspired you to go that route to work with the little person, the little me? Should I, should I say? Well, to touch base on on the book Man at Fifty, um, my autobiography that I wrote, Man at Fifty, a journey of crisis, revelation, and survival. Um, basically lays out uh, the first 50 years of my life. I was a codependent child in a man's body. Mm. And everybody made decisions in, in, uh, in my life, but me, um, I had no, um, I had no masculine or no adult um characteristics in my personality mm-hmm. and I was uh, a very just a very codependent person and I was controlled by many many people because I allowed them to control the direction of my life instead of choosing to do so for myself Got it. when, <clears throat> when I reached 50 years old I had a come to Jesus moment with little Brad mm-hmm. and told him that number one I was taking charge at that moment. I was going to protect him, love him, and make sure that no one ever hurt hurt him ever again, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be abused any longer, and that my goals as an adult and my goals as a child, um, both mine and his goals were going to become one, and we were going to work together as a team to move forward, and he needed me to do that. Um, you know, he, he would throw fits and he would throw out, you know, things to me when, when things were off track mm-hmm. that weren't, weren't aligned with what we really dreamed of doing with our lives when, you know, when, when I was younger. And so he reminded me that, you know, you're not pursuing what you dreamed of when you were younger, exactly. uh, when you, when you were me and you need to take the reins and take responsibility for yourself as an adult and you need to take responsibility for me Mm -hmm. and we need to do this together or we're not going to do it 
Okay. Right. And so I made a quantum leap into adulthood at 50 years old and pretty much turned everything in my life around from being codependent to being extremely independent mm -hmm. and overly responsible. And, uh, you know, going from broke uh, with a 300 credit score and uh, no home to uh, to a quite different lifestyle now. I'm I'm married with investments and homes and cars and that kind of stuff. All the all the materialistic stuff, but um, but I'm also helping other people, and that was that was one. Uh, that was the core of my dream is to be an entertainer. When I was a kid, I wanted to uh, be an entertainer. I wanted to be in the music industry. And um, I discovered that the music industry is not where I wanted to be, but I wanted to do something that produced the same results, making people laugh and cry. Mm -hmm. And that's what brought me into the mentoring and the teaching and helping other people um, find their little person and cry with them and walk back there and grab all the baggage back there, pick it up and get on the plane and move forward. <laughs> <laughs> understood. Totally understood. So uh, let me ask you, um, just for clarification for our audience, when you say um, you're a little me, are you talking about that immature self or are you talking about your children or is it a combination of the two? I'm, <clears throat> I'm talking about your younger self. For example, some people it's referred to in, in the world of self-help by the gurus that are out there, you know, the Zig Ziglar's and Tony mm -hmm. Robbins, and, and they refer to it as the inner child. Yes. But it is, it's far deeper than the inner child. Mm -hmm. And so many people, you know, have really bad uh, memories and uh, skeletons in their closet and uh, mm -hmm. abuse and all kinds of really um, very detrimental uh, memories of their childhood. Right. And, and when I say your little me, it, it's, it's a literal, it's a literal meaning. Um, mm -hmm. Your little person, they are, they're inside you and they're with you every day. And when we're, you know, if you look at it this way, when we're children, mm -hmm. we can do anything. We can dream the biggest dream. Yes. Uh, the sky's the limit. And we want to mm. be this and we want to do this and we want to be this and we want to do that. And then and then you fast forward 30 years or 20 years or 40 years and you talk to that same little person who's now an adult and they really don't see any of those those things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I, you know, yeah, when I was growing up as a kid, I wanted to do this or I wanted to be this or I was excited about this. And in the in their present moment, none of those are present. None of those are are being felt. None of those are being pursued, and um, and and our little me's constantly remind us of that. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You are the adult. You're supposed to be the one that implements these dreams. You are the adult, and you are supposed to be the one that takes us to where we want to go. That's true. And That's so they true. keep reminding us of that. And if we do not listen to them or ignore them, like I did for 50 years, um, it produces a lot of misery and a lot of pain. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I um, that is so true. Yeah. 
Does that answer the question? <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. So, um, cool. if you could um, sum up something that collaborates um, Man at 50, Business Life Universe, and Guts, Grit, and Grind, is there any relation at all between the three? Well, <clears throat> yes, because the stories... Um, the, the two stories that I co-authored in, in the two series books mm -hmm. tie into my overall message and what I learned in my autobiography. So they are tied together. Awesome. Um, and the, you know, well, the, the two stories that are in the series, um, are about my father and I can touch base on that just briefly because it's father's day. Mm -hmm. Um, my father had uh, 10 children, and I'm the baby of 10. Um, he was verbally, very abusive verbally um, to me, and uh, very, um, very negative, you know, as far as emotions go. Um, he was also physically abusive with my other siblings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he he struggled with his little person inside. He had no way to love his little person. His little person was, was beat up as a, as a child. Mm -hmm. And he, he had no understanding of protecting him and loving him first and making him secure. He counted on everybody else to do that. And when they didn't, he felt insecure. So he would lash, lash out. Mm -hmm. Um, when he um, when he passed away, um, him and my mother were separated for five or six years mm -hmm. uh, prior to his death, and he was devastated because his whole world had just disappeared in his mind. And the last year or so of his life, he spent his days praying and crying and walking up and down the halls of the nursing home, and he did nothing but that that's wow. that's literally all he did mm -hmm. when he passed away from a fall um he had bleeding in his brain and he had uh the right side of his heart was obstructed i believe it was the right side mm -hmm. and so the family decided to let him go and take him off life support and the doctor said 24 to 48 hours we'll give him morphine for the pain and that's all he's gonna get well, 10 days later, he finally let go. Okay. So he lasted 10 days on morphine. Mm -hmm. That's it. Wow. Um, my, my understanding or my belief is that this was a very scared and terrified child in a man's body. And he, and he did not want to die. He did not want to leave. Mm-hmm. He was uncertain of where he was going wow. and he had no self love and he left with nothing but fear. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a very big wake up call um, for me personally. Mm -hmm. And it made me make a decision that I refused to leave anything behind. And that's why I wrote the autobiography. I I'm leaving all of this on paper for others to read. I hope they can benefit from it. 
but I'm not taking none of it with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, me and little Brad are leaving all that behind, but we're moving forward exactly. as, as a team. Yes, indeed. And, and, you know, so what I do, I, what I do now, I, I do it for me and, and my little self, but I also do it for my father to give his life a little meaning and to give, uh, kind of validate um, that he was an important person and he should have loved himself more and he should have found his, his little, uh, his, his little man inside. Um, and, and he would have been stronger and much happier when he passed away. Yeah, that's totally understandable. So knowing what you know now and knowing what your father went through, in what ways has that affected you to the point that you want to now help others? What what brought about that change to make you want to help others? Well, I saw the I saw the road that I was on, and I saw um, you know I saw the effects of his life, and I saw his suffering, you know, and then as um, as the years went by after he passed away, I started seeing so many people, uh, you know, actual news stories of people that had committed suicide or, or they had, had lost their life and they had passed on and then their backstory, you know, started to surface. And there was so many parallels and so many things where it's like, if only they would have had that relationship. Mm-hmm. And had that relationship with themselves. Now, it seems silly. Well, of course I know who I am. But do you really? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? And um, and something that I think is important on Father's Day for the men that are listening mm-hmm. is your number one, your number one person that you should be loving before anybody else is your little man. Mm-hmm. because number one he's your responsibility and you would never turn your back on a child a real man would never turn his back on a child that's true but you may turn your back on another man mm-hmm. okay so when i speak with men i see men's primary responsibility is to stand up for that little man Mm-hmm. They they may not like where they're at now as an adult man, but nevertheless, they still have to protect and love and stand up for that little man inside of them. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, they will start to feel very differently in their adult role. That's true. That is so that's, true. That, yeah. that's the first person that they really need to take responsibility for mm-hmm. and to learn self-parenting. You know, your your parents might not have raised you the way you wanted them to, but now you have a choice to, to change that. And you can parent yourself the way you want to be parent parented and and uh, and make that connection. It holds so many men back, you know. Yes, that's true. That's true. So let me ask you this. Um at what point or do you believe that the ego of a man can severely destroy his opportunity to understand himself. Yes. Yes. I, I believe, uh, I believe that's very true. 
and and the ego is is an ego is something that a child doesn't have. Mm-hmm. That is something that is developed. That is a coping mechanism or a defense mechanism to protect them from the world. Mm-hmm. An ego keeps them uh, keeps keeps them safe and keeps them protected. You know, or, or perceived. They perceive it to protect. You know, to um, if I have an ego. Um, and if I'm overly strong and overly aggressive, um, that'll protect me. Okay. Mm -hmm. What they miss out completely is they don't need an ego. They need to protect that, um, that vulnerable little man inside of them. That is their responsibility to do that. Right. And it's the self-love thing. And it, it, it does start there. It's a self-love. And um, and once you're responsible for yourself and you take you take responsibility for your entire past, not not what was done to you, because you can't be responsible for what, what you know what other people did to you as a child, mm-hmm. but take responsibility for that child and bring and bring them out of that uh, of that victim mentality okay and then moving forward um you're a strong man and you will attract strong people to you and you will attract respect and you'll you know you'll be seen as a responsible adult and people can count on you and they know that you have their backs and all the things that we want men to be right exactly exactly that is so true that's very true. So, does that answer your question? <laughs> oh yes, definitely, definitely. Great, great answer. I definitely appreciate it. So, um, in self help, because this is something that I deal with as well. In self help, what do you do to encourage a person that's going through helping themselves and understanding themselves and bettering themselves? when they're going through those hurdles and those blind spots, what do you do to help them get over those things? The biggest thing that I focused in on is the path that they're currently on. And they need to reflect back to what they really wanted to do when they were younger when they had dreams and aspirations and they, you know, and they believe they could do anything, they need to get back to that crossroads. And if, if the path they're on now is not, is not in line with that, mm-hmm. then, then they made the wrong turn. Go back to the split, go back to the fork in the road and choose the other lane. Mm-hmm. Only you can walk back and go the other way. Okay. <laughs> you know, go the go the other way, and your journey, you know, will be uh, will be a lot clearer. Right, right. Now, let me add something to that because one of the things that I that I instill in people that I teach is I want them to understand that there's always going to be hurdles, there's always going to be blind spots, there's always going to be a bump in the road, irregardless to where you go. The thing is to be prepared to have your own obstacle for that. I may be saying the same thing that you're saying, but just saying it in a different Mm -hmm. way. And I want them to be prepared for those obstacles because if you're 
knowing that there may be something or may not be something, then you're mentally prepared. And a lot of times when people get themselves mentally prepared, they can also um, get themselves physically prepared. And it usually makes it a little bit easier for them to think of what to do if they should come across any hurdles or bumps in the road. Right. Kind of, kind of like a, um, what, you know, what you're, what you're saying resonates with me and it really goes back to a pers personal mission mm -hmm. and no matter what, what comes up, you know, in your path, um, if you're on a mission, the goal is to complete that mission and, yes. and to get to the other side. And you're going to have to make a lot of changes, course corrections, compass, different, you know, different heading changes and that kind of stuff. But, you, but you're yes. going to need to you need to get around that because it's like, um, I'm going to go through you or around you, but I'm getting to the other side because mm -hmm. that's the mission. And <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what I, you know, just to kind of reflect back to what you just said. That's kind of how I see it. What you just yes. said. Yes, indeed. And another thing that I also teach is um, a lot of people say don't reflect on your past or don't look back on your past. And I say it's okay to take a step back. Just don't walk back and dwell in going backwards. Right. So you're taking right. a step back. You're only looking to see what you need to do and prepare yourself for going forward again. But if you're walking backwards, you're basically taking yourself downhill and you're not looking to come back up. Right. Yeah. Don't go back there. Don't go back there to uh, to sit side by side with your little me and say, well, now we're both, you know, now we're just both sitting in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, no, you know, they don't need you to do that. They don't need you to go back there and hold their hand and stay there with them. They need you to go back there, take their hand and pull them forward. Exactly. You're, you're going back to rescue them. You're going back to, you know, never leave a man behind. We'll never leave your child behind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, go indeed. back, get them, bring them forward. Yes, indeed. So I ask you something that I ask a lot of authors. Um, before you initially sit down to write, what processes do you go through in your head when you decide to make another book? For me, um, well, my autobiography was was kind of a narrative. Mm -hmm. um, the The main character, you know, in the book was me, but I but I gave him a different name. I gave him the name of Robert. Okay. And I told the story of Robert's life through my memories. And so it was, I write, I write in a narrative way, in a storytelling way. Mm -hmm. And I did that with the other two books that I co-authored. I told the story of my father and his struggles and what that taught me and what I believe it can teach other people as well. And so it was a story. And it was impactful because I shared my emotions and my part in that story and the impact on, on me. Mm -hmm. So when I start writing, I am writing the story in my mind and my, my narrative is telling them the story while, while me, the author, I'm reliving it and going back through that story. 
Awesome. Awesome. Totally understood. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm definitely um, in a position where I can actually relate to a lot of things that you're talking about in your book, a lot of things that are relative to your life. And I definitely appreciate you sharing these things with me, the audience. And on Father's Day, taking the time out to even, you know, join the podcast and make this something memorable for not just for ourselves, but for other men out there, some who may be struggling, some who may not be struggling, but just need that extra oomph to keep them going forward. And right. this is very important um, for the men because we all need something that we can reflect on sometimes and to keep us from going backwards and walking backwards in life and help us to continuously walk forward and move forward and do things that are going to continuously be progressive. So I definitely appreciate you a whole lot. And hopefully I can get you back again one time. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I would, I would love to. Um, I would like to kind of close with a, with, a, with a message to fathers on Father's Day Please. that they're mo the, the most important child or the first child that they should be concerned with the very most as fathers is their own their own self their own their own child okay because they really need to you know love and take care of and protect themselves first it, and if they're not able to do that then it's almost impossible for them to um be be a good father to their children that they have now they really need to know who they are yes indeed i totally agree with you on that and to add to what you're saying if people don't know how to get started at least take three to five minutes per day to yourself and reflect on yourself and learn more things about yourself as possible and it'll continue to grow from there right on Thank you so much, Brad. I greatly appreciate you. You've definitely been an awesome guest. Thank you so, so, so much. And I look Thank forward you. to speaking to you again. You have a wonderful day and a blessed Father's Day. And I hope that you get a chance to have some fun and not too much work. <laughs> well, that, that, that goes for you as well. Enjoy your day. Um, I, it was a pleasure to be on, uh, on the podcast. Uh, reach out to me, um, you know, anytime. Most definitely. Thank you. And I extend the same. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.